Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. So that 
you know, regardless of whether she talked about, you know, it in the classroom or she did anything with the students or anything like that, she had an obligation to keep her word. And uh, the two pastors agreed that, you know, once she signed, that was it. Uh, I didn't give my vote yesterday, but, you know, I'm kind of split, you know, in regards to her signed agreement. Absolutely. You said that that's what you would do, and therefore, you have to keep your word. You know, they can hold it against you. That would be like signing anything else. That would be like signing that you were going to be on time every day or you were not going to smoke in the building or, you know, whatever the situation is. Once you signed and you did not adhere to the the rules, then they have every right to fire you. So that was not my question. My question wasn't whether... You know, there was a, if there was a breach in the signature, you know, her contract, whether it would be okay to fire her. My question was, based on the fact that this was, quote-unquote, an immoral way of living, should they have fired her? Well, my, my theory is, you know, yes, the, you know, she did, you know, break one of God's rules, and then, you know, she did have to have sex and get pregnant, and she was going to have a baby. But I'm sorry, unless we're going to be snagging people for all kinds of immoral, you know, behavior, you know, so do you fire them for drinking, you know, because she drink on the world drunk, but she was actually seen. You know, in a bar, somebody, you know, somebody's family member saw her in the bar and she was drinking and she, you know, violated that moral code of God's law. Do you fire her from being a teacher? So my thing is, you know, unless you're going to snag for the Ten Commandments um, or any other rule that's in the Bible, then, listen, leave people alone. You know, we can't walk around firing people for immoral behavior if it does not touch their job. At least that's the way I see it. Like I said, I do not condone premarital sex. You know, I do not, you know, um, condone having a baby on wedlock. That has nothing to do with it. But what I do have you know, a thought on is she's a teacher. Now, if she were a nun and that was her quote-unquote profession, get rid of her. Absolutely. But as a teacher, unless you're going to fire her for anything else she did immorally, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Well, we also had the story of the 11-month-old who died in the car after being left in the court like every other child it seems to be these days. But this one has a little twist on it. Mom left her baby in the car to go officiate in service. In church. 
in a church service. Now, you know, I do agree with all the voices yesterday on the panel. This was a bit much. You know, everybody else is screaming, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. But I can't imagine you going to do the Lord's work. Honestly, going to do the Lord's work and you forget your child in the car when the baby dies. There is nothing that says Jesus about that. God, there's no way in the world that with all the love uh, <laughs> mandates that we have, uh, everything that Jesus did to exemplify love, that you would end up officiating a service three hours later. That baby was left in the car for three hours in the car seat. And I'm sorry, I can't imagine having a child and being in service and preaching or presiding over service or whatever the situation is. And I'm looking out in that congregation and never does it occur to me, where's my baby? Everything else is moving in the crowd, you know, with everybody saying amen and hallelujah and praise the Lord. And I don't have my baby with me, and it never occurs to me that my baby is missing. Nothing that says God about that. So, you know, like I said, that was the general consensus yesterday. Uh, but one of the things that I love about the panel yesterday that they really pushed was as long as you are standing on the Lord's side, as long as you are doing what the Lord would have you to do, you will be protected. Now, that is not to say that things don't happen to us, but I hope you get what I'm saying. You know, when you keep testing God and you're disobedient and you're immoral and you're not doing the things of God or your life is not hidden in Christ, then you run the risk of, of really being unprotected because God is really going to be tired of protecting you. Yeah. He's not going to continue to behave as though we're living a life in him. He says, I'm a jealous God. So, he, you know, if you don't want him, remember, this is all for you. He doesn't force us to take him. So, just like anyone else, you know, after a while, he will begin to step back. If he deems it necessary. And thus, we might not have some coverage that we think we're going to have. So, it was a really good conversation yesterday. Really, really good conversation. So, if you did not hear it for yourself, and we talked about some other stuff, but if you did not hear it for yourself, please, 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 go back and listen. All right? Well, today is Wow Wednesday. Today's Wow Wednesday. Today is Wow Wednesday. And God has so graciously introduced us to the middle of the week. We made it, y'all. 
And uh, by the grace of God, we'll make it through the rest of the week. So, let's get this party started. Let's go and uh, get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's the time with Pastor Seth is on. And whatever you do, make sure you go nowhere because we will be right back. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy? I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say... No, thanks. Not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph, and it is Wow Wednesday. And you know what we do over here on It's Due Time? On Wednesday, it is time for the women of worship. Yes, the ladies reign today, and we're giving God thanks that he has ushered us into the middle of the week. I mean, we made it, y'all. We made it. By the grace of God, and we're going to continue to push our way regardless. Despite, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep on going because we know that if we make sure we hold on to the hand of God, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. And it's really giving God thanks that I can be with my ladies one more again, and while everybody else is talking about it's up day, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to make it, we already know how we're going to make it, because we got Wow Wednesday, right? Right. Wow. Let's get this morning started. Now, before I bring my girl Vivian to you, I would be, I would be remiss to tell you or remind you about that Facebook claim settlement money that's out there. There's $725 million. Yes, that the parent company of Facebook, Meta, M-E-T-A, Meta, however they say it. I don't care how you say it. Just give me my $5. Well, (laughs) 
there was some class action suit put out there because at one point there was a supposed breach of privacy for the or for certain Facebook members and since I guess they can't pick out which ones were the ones who got this breach. Everybody, if you were a Facebook user, in between May of 2007, May 24th to be exact, and December 22nd, 2022, you are eligible to throw your hat into the ring and get a piece of the pie. Now, it's $725 million. I don't know how many people. My portion might only be five cents, but guess what? If they give it away, I'll take it. So if you want to be a part of this pie, all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, Coach for Christian Life, and I posted it yesterday. The link also Shantith arbitrarily found it, I believe, by putting in Facebook claim. So you can just put your, you know, in your little um, search engine, Facebook claim, and you know they'll send you back your form that you filled out. It's really simple. It's non-invasive. It's just your name, your Facebook username or name. If you have multiple accounts, you do not have to be a Facebooker right now. Just as long as you were using Facebook in between May of twenty um, of '07 and December of '22, that's the only criteria. If you want to get your money, they ask you, you know, which which method you want to receive it, and the most you know, or the least invasive way for me, as I saw, was Zell because all I had to do was put my um, my email address uh, or your phone number, whichever one you use for that particular Zell. And they asked you for your name, your address, your phone number, the Facebook username, and the email addresses that were, that were associated with those usernames. Like I said, your method of payment. They do give you option of PayPal, credit card, bank account, Zelle, and that's it, pretty much. And then you get a, you know, your your information back at your current email, and that's it. I guess you just sit and wait for your couple of dollars. So I don't know how much it will be. Like I said, the total is seven hundred and twenty-five million. So if you'd like, go grab a piece of the pie. Again, I posted yesterday on my Facebook page, Coach for Christian Life. Or, again, you can type in Facebook Claim, Facebook Claim website, and it'll come up. All right? All right. Well, don't let me hold you up any further. Let me get my girl Vivian on here so Vivian can give us her socially conscious segment this morning. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well. Thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. 
good. Are you going to get a piece of that pie? I am. I need all my things. I need them all. (laughs) Well, I think a whole lot of us agree with you, considering that you have to do nothing but answer a couple of questions. I say go get it, girl. Go get it. What you got for us today, Viv? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with some quick stories that I found that I thought would be useful to our listeners. Excuse me. First off, if you are a movie buff, National Cinema Day is coming up on Sunday, August 27th. And movie theaters all over are opening their doors for you to view movies for $4 all day. And it's a Sunday. Most people aren't doing anything on Sundays anyway, so put them chores to the side and go to your local movie theater and catch you a $4 movie this Sunday. And you don't have to worry about sneaking in your snacks as they are also making available a $4 snack combo where you can get a small popcorn and a small soft drink for $4. Now, if you're like me, you don't want a little bit extra. I like to get my popcorn, my drink, my candy, something sweet and something chocolatey. But you're still saving money because you're paying $4 for the ticket and you could get a small popcorn and a small drink for $4 and then you just pay regular price for all your other little snacks. So again, this Sunday, August 27th, $4 movie tickets all over and a $4 snack combo. Next, we have news regarding updates coming to cars soon. I remember when we first started the broadcast, I brought to you the news that they will start issuing tickets if rear seat passengers were not wearing their seat belt. And now they are taking things a step further where the U.S. Department of Transportation has proposed a new rule to require manufacturers to add a seat belt warning system to the rear seats of cars, trucks, and some buses in order to increase seatbelt use. They say that in 2021, almost 43,000 people lost their lives on America's roads, and half of those were in vehicles where the passengers were unbelted. So they are hoping this proposed rule can help reduce that number by getting more people to buckle up I think this is a great proposal. People just don't understand the importance of seatbelts, even in the rare seats. So now there will be no excuse for even the driver when transporting people in their rare seats. So hopefully this proposal will be passed and it will help save some lives. Next, we have an update on another story about the EBT scams we talked about a while ago. People were having their food stamp cards hacked and their stamps taken. So New York City has recently set up a website and system to reimburse thousands of dollars to victims who had their SNAP benefits stolen via skimming. And skimming is where they put a fake um, top on the on the machine that you use for your card in the stores, and that 
fake top that they're putting on is stealing your information where they will then be able to go and take your money. Thankfully, federal money has been made available, and New York City is helping with the claims process. And they had to dish out some big bucks as officials estimated the total number of skimming victims in New York City alone is approximately 22,000 people. So they are saying if you have been a victim of this, you can call your HR department and they will help you with filing a claim. So it's been about eight months since this story first came out, but they are finally making these funds available. They're saying once you put in that claim, it'll take about 30 days to find out if you were approved and to receive your money back, your your, your uh, benefits back, your stamps back. So that's great news. We have another update. Just last week or so, we talked about the employee shortages all over with schools going from five to four-day weeks because of shortages of teachers and the shortage of bus drivers causing children to get home at 9 p.m., getting to school late, and the craziness of that within the first week of schools for those who had started school already. Well, we have another crazy story regarding the shortages where Philadelphia is offering parents money to drive their own children to school amidst the bus driver shortage. According to the district's website, the Parent Flat Rate Program will pay registered families $300 a month, which is $3,000 for the school year. They are also offering $150 per month, which is $1,500 in the school year, to parents and guardians that can only drop their child off in the morning. They say the the program's description states, quote, the school district of Philadelphia has launched a program to provide a monthly payment to eligible parents who choose to opt out of district bus, van, or cab assignments and instead drive their child to and from school. All registered families will receive $300 per month for transporting their child to and from school. We also offer the option for families to receive $150 per month to transport their child to school in the morning, but still utilize bus, van, or cab services in the afternoon, end quote. So, I mean, I think this is a pretty good idea considering the circumstances. Um, So, of course, you would have to prove that your child would have received bus, van, or cab services from the school based on where you live. And then once you do that, you can go ahead and register and get paid to take your child to and or from school. So, I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Now you don't have to worry about your child being on the buses and you can get paid for it. So hopefully, you know, this is only out in Philadelphia right now, but maybe it'll spread as everyone is struggling with the the bus driver shortages state to state. But now we are at our wow story of the week. So how would you feel if you went on a date 
with a potential mate, and he volunteers to pay, but then asks for his money back. That's exactly what happened to one woman. 29-year-old Samantha says she met a guy on a dating app, and after talking for a while, they agreed to meet up and go on a date to a restaurant out in Brooklyn. She says it was an okay date. They talked, got to know each other, had some drinks, the usual. And then when it was time for to pay, she says her date handed his credit card to the bartender. They parted ways after the date. A few days later, he messaged that he would like to see her again. But unfortunately, she did not feel the same, and she politely told him so. And his response was, to politely request, she sends him $30 back via Venmo. And apparently this is not the first time that this has happened, as another woman commented on this post saying the same thing happened to her. So 40-year-old Aaron said her date requested money back after she declined a second date with him. Aaron says after their first date together, she knew she wasn't going to see him again because of his political views. When the check came, she offered to pay her portion, but he insisted on covering the bill. But then the next day when she explained that she didn't want to see him again, he asked her to send him a refund for the date. So is this what the ladies have to look forward to these days? Is this what dating is like now? And it doesn't seem to matter how old you are because one woman was in her 20s, late 20s, and the next was in her 40s. So it's different age groups that are dealing with the same thing. And this is a sad situation. This is what y'all have to look forward to. I'm so sorry. This has been Vivian with the Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Well, thank you, Vivian. Thank you. Boy, you're loaded this morning. We thank you for giving us such newsworthy news. Uh, You have a blessed day. We ask you to kind of hang back in the wings, as always, just in case we need some bit of clarification. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Thank you. You too. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get to chatting with our ladies. Let's say good morning to our Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on with you and our listeners. Thank you for being on with us this morning. How are you? How are you doing over there? I am good. I'm hanging out with the grandson. Ooh, must be exciting, must be exciting. Wow, yeah. All right. Well, maybe he can chime in on some of this news. Mm, I'm sure he, he will. Thinks. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what he thinks about some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, I remember when... Vivian told us about this uh, National Cinema Day, 
a few months ago, and we were all chatting about, uh, you know, how great it would be, you know, for the family opportunity. Well, now I didn't realize they were only charging $4 and charging $4 for snacks. Now that's a steal. Oh, right. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's actually pretty cool. Um, I think, you know, we talked about the fact that it's a fun way for families to get together and, and have a good time. And so when you make it even more economical by, you know, including the snacks in there, it's like, all right, it's a full party now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I just, uh, I'm one for the huge popcorn and the huge drink. So the $4 is sounding pretty, pretty, pretty good. Oh, let's see what our girl, Lady Tamika, thinks about this. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you. How are you today? I am well, thank you. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. All right, so how does $4 for the movie and $4 for snacks sound to you? Man, that sounds amazing. Just be able to go there and not be broke <laughs> by the time you come out. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Let's see what Shanti says about this thing here. Shanti, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. Well, you know, eight dollars. That's all you will spend to have a movie outage. I mean, if you were going on a date, this would be a nice cheap date, huh? Mm-hmm. Take advantage of them deals, man. Uh-huh. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, you know, I'm the I'm the big popcorn girl, um, and uh, I'm the big juice girl, and it would be nice. You know, when I go to the movies, if I go on a Saturday, that's an easy $40. So if I go on a Saturday night, that that man, I'm glad I'm not the one mm-hmm. paying for a date because that by myself, I'm spending almost $50 just to go see a movie. I think I will be at this movie theater nice, bright, and early, so I mm-hmm. can definitely enjoy this because this will be the only day I'll ever get to pay $8, but I don't think the little small uh, popcorn is going to do me no good, but it's okay because I'm only paying $4 to get it. So if you <laughs> all go, enjoy, enjoy, and enjoy. Wow. I have to tell you that I was in the car with Serge and Vivian, I think. Was it Serge and Vivian? I think it was Serge and Vivian. And Serge said, uh, Pastor Steph, you got your seatbelt on? And I said, no. And somebody said, why? And I was like, uh, I don't feel like it. But, uh, and, and I think we were, I think we were in a car and we just kept hearing this, oh, we were in um, Accessorize, 
And the driver had one of, I guess, a, a later model car, and we just kept hearing this binging, binging. Normally, the seatbelt is, um, the seatbelt warning is for the passenger or the driver in the front seat, but it was actually going off for Tamasia in the back. So, as Vivian said, you know, man, we ain't going to have any other choice. We really don't have any other choice now but to put these seatbelts on. Lady Tamika, you know, um, Vivian said in 2021, 43,000 people. Can you imagine? Uh, Belisha said lost their lives um, because some, and they were actually backseat passengers. What's your thought when you think about how we never had to wear seatbelts if we were passengers in the back, but now that's shifting? Well, um, for those that don't know, I am a new driver, so I'm in the process of getting my license. And um, just being out on the road, it can be really, really crazy. You know, people don't have any patience. um, And there's a propensity to have accidents everywhere. You know, I watch these bicyclists or whatever, e-scooters, whatever they are. They don't stop for lights. They, They don't even slow down. They just literally going from street to street, you know, and I, I've seen right on my block, you know, someone get hit, you know, within the last month, two people riding bicycles have been hit, you know, um, people uh, are impatient, you know, and they they don't follow the rules, you know, that I'm, I'm in the process of trying to learn and I'm stopping at every stop sign and you honking in the back because I stopped. That is what the law requires. You know, and there's just so much, so many different things that people try, you know, stopping, you know, in areas where you shouldn't stop and parking in areas where you shouldn't park. And uh, it's just, you know, it, 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 people have gotten far worse, impatient, speeding, you know, tailgating, all of that stuff can cause dangers. And so for, for us to say that there are more accidents and even in the back seat, you know, a lot of people didn't get in the front seat because they felt more comfortable. They didn't want to put on a seatbelt. Now that you're in the back and you have to put a seatbelt, you know, put the seatbelt on. If, if, if it's causing your safety, then I say do it. All righty, all righty, all righty. Ah, Shanti, you know, this, things have shifted over the years. Now we're talking about mm-hmm. putting the seatbelt on in the back seat. When Vivian was speaking on it, it reminded me of my grandmother who loved to sit in the back so that she would not have to wear a seatbelt because she always complained about the seatbelt being so uncomfortable for her around her neck if she was sitting in the passenger seat. And, you know, initially we were telling her, like, well, you're still supposed to be wearing the seatbelt. Um, and after a while, we, we left her alone. But that was the reason she rode in the back, not a reason, the reason. And it definitely, I like it because it definitely helps to um, make sure that the kids are strapped in, especially as they get older and they start to become front seat passenger worthy, you know, leading up to that. You know, it's like if you're not willing to be disciplined to put your seatbelt on in the back, then you cannot graduate to the front because there's no negotiating with wearing the seatbelt in the front. You know, you should definitely have it on in the front and the back, and especially 
in the passenger seat. So I like it there where it um it definitely will help to hold them accountable and to teach them, you know, the importance of wearing it, especially as they graduate, you know, according to their age and their size. Some graduate to the front and I've gotten uh I don't do it all the time, but I've gotten to where when I'm sitting in the back now, <laughs> a lot of times it's contingent on the driver. Um, I'll put a seatbelt on. You know, I'm, I'm a lot more into putting seatbelts on now in the back than I was before. Before I kind of got to it, it's like, oh, I'm in the back, so I don't need. But, you know, definitely holding everyone accountable, especially the children. I, I like that. All right, all right. Elder and I teach, and as a matter of fact, I think uh, – not telling her age, but now as Shantice was talking, I think uh, Lady Tamika might be a little tad older than you, but I want us to go back in time where there were no seatbelts in the car. Forget about whether you should wear it or not. It wasn't even in the car. Do you remember when we used to get in the car as kids and everybody just piled up? In the car, you got on somebody's lap, and it just moved. I don't know how we, it was a bunch of clowns coming up. This just, we didn't even have to consider this stuff now. Now, we're talking about every person, even an adult elder night teacher, having to put a seatbelt on how things have changed. I mean, hasn't it? It has. I mean, at first, I wasn't following you. I was like, mm, I think that predates me where there was no seatbelts in the car. But I do remember. <laughs> but I do okay, remember okay. that, yes, we used to pile up in my dad's um, uh, car. He had that big, giant car, too, like that, um, like that, that Chevy wagon or something like that. And we would pile up in there, talking about we going to Rock Playland and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, and, and you can't pile up and have on seatbelts. So that just <laughs> wasn't uh-huh. a thing. So I do remember that. But I also remember, I think society, right, uh, denotes what we experience in all areas. And I think at that time there was a sensitivity and appreciation for life. And I think nowadays we see it in so many areas where there is this desensitivity to the human life. And so you have reckless drivers. You know, that was one of the conversations we've had in the past about just, you know, people don't care and they are reckless with their driving and they do not obey the laws of the land as it pertains to driving. And so I think... You know, having to be, if you are someone who cares about your life, then, you know, putting on the seatbelts in the back is necessary and important. I was shocked to hear when um, Vivian talked about the amount of lives lost due to um, not having on your seatbelt. That is astonishing to me. But, again, it speaks to our society at large and this desensitivity to the human life itself. It's not precious to people anymore. We're just reckless. We don't care about life. And that is so scary about our society today. Absolutely, absolutely. I was kind of shaken when she said that. So I was like, that was 
whoa, 43,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so now you can see why the manufacturers, you know, because I have to tell you, when they put that thing in that car and that thing was going off last week, I was like, oh, turn it off. But, you know, now they're going to make sure that, you know, there's no rest for the weary. And you're not going to be driving somebody around and you don't, they're not riding with the seatbelt in the back and you're going to be okay because it's going to drive you crazy because it would not go off until she actually put the seatbelt together. Like, you know, when we're in the front. So, you know, with these thousands of people losing their lives, yeah, I can easily see why that has become, um, you know, something really important and, 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 and mandated for the manufacturers to do so. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about this shortage. You know, uh, the other day I talked about this shortage um, in, in the prison system and, you know, kind of going back to Vivian's stories last week about the the shortage at the school and the bus driver. Well, they're getting real creative. Now they're allowing you to transport your own child. You know, you have to have the proof. For $300 a month. And if you're going to go one way, taking the child to school on your own, it's $150 a month to offset the shortage. And at least nobody's going to be coming home at 10 o'clock at night. And uh, this is definitely a creative way. What do you think about this this, uh, proposal, Shanti? Well, it would give them an opportunity to be upfront with the parents. So now the parents are not started in flabbergasted, you know, because their child is coming home late because that's the way that the parents are finding out that there's a bus driver shortage. So with this, I mean, they're being upfront and honest and saying, listen, unfortunately, this is where we are right now, but we're willing to compensate because we understand that this is supposed to be an obligation that, you know, we're taking on to transport your children to and from school. But if you're able and willing to do it, then we're willing to compensate until we get, you know, the the situation handled and we're able to hire um, credible drivers. So I, I think it's, you know, it's a good idea, especially when you're talking about them being up front and letting the parents know what's going on, because that's, that's the, the main thing, whether they were paying the parents to do it or not, whether they said, listen, we ain't got the driver, so y'all just going to have to figure out, you know, y'all, y'all are just responsible for getting your kids to from school until we get this taken care of. But they're letting the parents know things. That's, I, I applaud them on that. Okay, okay. Elder Tisha, what's your thought on this uh creative remedy? I think similar to our stance and our confusion around where are we able to find this money, we have been talking and and have been having outcries about needing uh, essential necessities for the school itself. 
Like we have schools that don't have printers in it. We have schools that don't have textbooks. They have to write the homework on the board, and the kids have to copy the homework because they don't have textbooks. Right? Like I remember bringing home textbooks. I had a math textbook. My homework was pages seven through four. I mean seven through four, seven through ten. You know what I mean? Like we had textbooks that we were able to, to, to do our work out of. And nowadays, our children are having to copy all of the homework off the board in order to, to do it because we don't have printers and stuff. But we have money now to offer people $300 to drive their own kid to school. If you want your kid, we don't have buses. I, it was a luxury. It was a service we offered to be able to provide a bus for your child to get to school. It was, it was never, that, that wasn't something that, was a, that had to be a part of your, your child getting to school. That was a service that the schools offered. It is a luxury, not a necessity. I think the money would be better used. Now, again, we're also talking about specific communities and areas. So I think that would be the next deeper dive of the story. What areas? I think she said Philly. Right. Philly school system, as I understand it, and again, I know that there may be different areas in Philly, but Philly school system, as I understand it, is not all that great where they can afford to just be paying people to take their kids to school. Miss, you want your kid to go to school, your kid needs an education. Unfortunately, we got to put it back on the parents to get your kid to school, and we're going to use this $300 to continue to do the work inside the school to provide a better education. How about we take that money and go and find some teachers that's willing to work? If we increase the, the pay, maybe we can have some more teachers. <laughs> Instead, I, I just, I, it's just very interesting to me. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Uh, Lady Tamika, what you got to say about this creative uh, remedy to the bus driver shortage? Well, we had two perspectives. Here's mine. I'm going to be a third. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I know I'm learning to drive. I'm moving to Philly. And I, I'm gonna get me if how many children? Look, I'm gonna be a, I'm a, I'm gonna be the Pied Piper of the neighborhood. I'm gonna be like the ice cream man. I'm gonna have music playing so the children can get in my car so that I can take them to school. You know, so that I can get a little extra. You know, give me the three hundred dollars. You know, I'm just saying. You know, when you think about it, you know, um, you have people. You know. And what happens if you have multiple children? Do you do you all only get paid once, you know, um, and that could cause a problem. If you've got someone who's got, let's say, three children, you know, if they only get paid once, it could cause an issue, you know, people getting agitated. Or if they get paid more than once, it could cause an issue between parents. Oh, well, she got three children and she's getting more money, you know. And all of that can cause all types of issues. So we've got a lot of concerns. And, and when we're talking about the schools, the school always needs things. There are things that we have yet to even um, come across when we're talking about schools. You know, there's repairs, there's damages, there's things that don't even get mentioned um, when it comes to school. And school is one of those things because it's, it's frequented so often, there's plenty of areas that need to be, you know, worked on. And I think um, you could do better with the resources, you know, uh, if, if we're talking about lunches, you know, if we're talking about repairs, um, if we're talking about um, acquiring stock for things that 
are necessary. All of those things, you know. So each time that you take resources to give to parents who are already working and, 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 and making an income, you know, and, and I'm thinking about it from my perspective. You guys know I don't have any children, but I know in my mind I would be a helicopter parent. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to give me a dime to take care of my boo-boo because as soon as you tell me you don't have a car to come get my child and my child's not going to get home until around 10 o'clock, I'm already getting everything that I can. If it's not me, a neighbor, somebody, somebody's coming to get my child because you're not going to leave my child out there at that time of the night where, or, or sitting in a cafeteria waiting to be picked up. All righty, all righty. Well, our pastor, Kim, has joined us. But before I turn her on, her mic on, let me just give her a little background to what we're talking about at this moment. So we have been talking about the employee shortage, and I believe Pastor Kim was on last week when we were talking about this shortage or a shortage. We've been talking about this for weeks. Well, in Philadelphia, because there's a shortage of bus drivers and some uh, states have been dropping children off as late as 10 o'clock at night because of the shortage, Philadelphia has come up with a plan to pay their parents for dropping off their children. So if you drop off your child both ways or facilitate, get it facilitated by a taxi company or something like that, they are paying you $300 a month. Or if you at least get your child to school in the morning, one way, you take care of one way, it's $150 a month. And uh, we've had the ladies. Uh, give their opinion on whether they think this is a great idea, a good idea for the shortage. So let's say good morning to Pastor Kim. Good morning, Pastor Kim. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. <laughs> well, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm doing okay this morning. I'm doing okay. So what do you think about this $300 they're willing to pay the parent to drop off the child or the $150 if it's one way? What's your thought? Wow. Wow. I mean, they, <laughs> they must be really desperate to get the kids to school. I, I, I mean, you said three hundred dollars. Is that per week, yes, per day, or three hundred a week? I know. I think month. per month. Yes, I believe that's per month. Let me double check. Yep, three hundred dollars a month. Okay, per child or per household. Well, that, well, that that's what uh, Tamika, uh, Lady Tamika just brought up. Um, it didn't say, or Vivian did not say, Viv, I see you're still hanging out with us for a little bit. Um, just hit me up and let me know if they even mentioned, maybe I missed it, um, if it's per child, per household, how they're handling that. Look, because if, if, it's, if it's per child and, and people got a house full of kids, you're going to have folks quitting their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, why not? Why not? Look, they're going to be not? getting a big enough check to to stay home because they're going to be getting paid to send their kids to school. Yeah. Ooh, child. 
Wow. Yeah. That oh. that's interesting. I, um, is that just for Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> Listen, don't plan on quitting your job just yet. Don't quit your job just yet. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's just Philly that's hitting up people for $300 a pop. Um, yeah, they she didn't mention multiple states right now. It's just Philly. So, mm-mm-mm. Wow. Wow, that's, that's, that's interesting there. Well, just to get, just because you're sending the kids to school. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some things that came to my mind when Vivian was talking. First of all, I started counting on my fingers. Um, Okay, $300 or 3000 a month, I'm I'm sorry, a year is, is what Vivian said, which it comes out to. And I'm calculating on my fingers, and I'm saying to myself, you're paying $300 a month per child, 3000 a year. How many people could you actually employ for that amount of money? Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a lot of jobs because when you calculate mm-hmm. it, you're paying a whole lot more money uh, getting these people to transport their own children. Um, as as the, the uh, Elder Natisha and you, um, Pastor Kim, have pointed out, you know, this is for your own kids. Um, you know, you, you're paying this kind of money. Here's the other thought that I, I didn't say anything, which is why I kind of reserved my comments for the end. Here's another thought I had. A couple of you brought up multiple children. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you something. There's people out here who can't get one child to school on time. So, That's true. My question becomes: How are you <laughs> handling that? How are you handling that when you can't get your child? Because all you just told me is get a mail. Is there a mandate mm-hmm. on you got to get a mail on time? Because if that's the case, you are running into a big problem. Not only if they only have mm-hmm. one, but if they have multiple, because they ain't gonna be able to get up early enough. They're gonna get up. Well, I have to take five kids to school. You know, that's gonna be the next excuse. I need my money. All you told me was that if I brought them here, I get my three hundred dollars. That's what you're gonna. Come on, y'all know how it goes down. That's what's yep. gonna be happening. And I'm as 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 you all are talking, I'm saying to myself, okay, who gonna hit this one? Who gonna hit this one? Because that's the first thing I thought as Vivian was talking. I was like, okay, get they go that ghetto mama coming out with her yeah. with her uh, uh, scarf on her head, or what's that other thing y'all always talk about on the head? What's this other thing? The bonnet. Come on, Santi. Bonnet. Bonnet. <laughs> bonnet. Yes. <laughs> coming out with the bonnet on her head. You know, um, with her slippers on. His face ain't going to be washed. Teeth ain't going to be brushed. But they have to get this $300. I can see them not putting the kids on the bus so that they could get the $300. And they're not going to get these kids to school on time. No, that ain't going to work. That that That's not going to work. Because all people are going to see are the dollar signs. And I, I, can, I can see this um, being a big problem. One of the other things really quickly what Philly was the one who had to close down quite a few of their schools because of the asbestos problem. And they had to bus a lot of their children to close down the school and bus a lot of the other, their children from those schools to other schools. So 
instead of you taking money to put into the asbestos issue, ripping down, you know, the schools or whatever the situation is, again, this is where you're throwing your money for people to take their kids to school. Now, here's the thing. Every unlike New York City, where we can't get on a bus, you know, you can't get on a bus maybe, or can't get on a train, you know, other locations they don't have that, you know, accessibility. So if you don't have a car and things like that, you may not be able to. However, you know what? Then something else has to be thought of. I do not agree with paying people to take their kids to school. I'm sorry, I, I you, that that's part of your job. I, I agree with Elder my teacher now. You, you said, now I got to pay you. Well, why don't you just pay me to be their teacher too? It's just, just it, well, what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? So like you said, Pastor Kim, it's quite interesting. Uh, you know, it, 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 it got me over here scratching my head. I, I'm like, wow, wow. I think I need to start having kids again. My my, my social security check ain't big enough. Um, maybe we can right. get this done. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Now, we're talking about this dating issue. Now, Vivian's given ladies, one in her 20s, one in her 30s, who experienced something very interesting, excuse me, after the date. Well, both ladies, having been on the date, realized she was not going to date this gentleman again. Two separate ladies, they did not know one another, two separate issues. One, after the date, you know, he paid for the date, and when he offered to take her out again, she said, no, thank you. And upon the no thank you, he asked for a reimbursement for his payment of the date. The second woman said, hey, well, she knew from the time she was on the date she was not dating him again, so she insisted on paying for her own meal. And I guess that was her way of trying to tell him, no, thank you, you know, it's all right because, see, we ain't going to do this no more. But she didn't come out and say that, and he insisted, so she allowed him to pay. When he asked her for a second date, she told him, no, thank you, and he, too, then asked for a reimbursement. The dating business is like. (laughs) All right, ladies. Pastor Kim, you got the first leg on this one. What's your thought? I mean, how much did he even pay? I mean, well, this, I this was a dinner date. I think she said one paid like thirty dollars, and he asked for reimbursement of thirty dollars. I think mm-hmm. that was one of the mm-hmm. one of the yeah thirty. He asked for reimbursement of thirty dollars, so the date must have come to oh, about come sixty dollars or so. <laughs> come on, I'm insulted. Really. Yeah, you would you would get that thirty dollars back the best way you could. You wouldn't get it from me. How would you answer him, uh, Pastor Kim? What would be your your verbal response? I'm just curious. You know, I I, I think I would be so outdone that that even. You know, but these are the kind of guys that, that are out here now. You know, that's so sad. You know, that that's an insult and a slap in the face. And I I would I would most definitely tell him, Look here, you know, 
you just get the $30 back the best way you can because I'm not paying you back for a, a date. No, you're not getting it for me. I'm sorry. No, sir. You know, but then, what? you know what? I, but these fools are so crazy, Pastor Steph. You would almost want to say here, you know, take this 30 and good riddance to you. But I, I think it would it, it would really just have to deal, you know, it would, it would have to really be about the person that you're dealing with. First of all, I feel like if, if I wouldn't have went on a date with somebody unless I felt like they were worthy of even taking me on a date. But if they have the nerve or the audacity to come for me and ask me for $30, you know, or for their money back from the date or whatever, you know, I, I would, you know, I, I would really just have to read them and let them know, you know, I am insulted. <laughs> How dare you? All righty. He said he will have to read that. Elder Natisha, would you be reading them like Pastor Kiss? Give back the money or what? I would absolutely be reading them like Pastor Kim. First of all, <laughs> I, it, my time is worth the investment you made in my meal. The fact that I sat here oh. with you and had to listen to your horrible conversation or, you know, endure a situation where, listen, we were trying to get to know each other, and I'm not interested. But you, what you paid for was my time. You didn't do me no favor. I, I, I got there on my own. So my transportation, so if, we, if we're going to itemize, then let's itemize. I'm going to charge you for the cab Uber fare that it took me to get there, which may have been more than the Big Mac you bought me. <laughs> <laughs> because this is crazy, you know, and, and you, you think about it. We, we have all gone on those dates where you say to yourself, oh, he either said something, he did something, some body language, something, and you sit here and I'm like, how long before I get ready to leave? You know, and you know what? You try your best to humor it. You laugh, you giggle. You know, there's a joke. You like, you say it to yourself, that's not even funny, but, <laughs> you know, just to get yourself out of that moment, you know. You're sitting there, and you know that it's like, oh, my God, if he says another word, I'm going to slam something at And then you take your time. You, oh, okay, good night, good night. You know that there's this. First of all, now that we think about it, each one of us has gotten on this conversation, and you know that a woman is agitated when she starts the sentence with, first of all. You know, so at that point, right. we're trying our I, best I, I, to I, just. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
I'm listening. I'm saying it to myself. Each one of us thus far has said, first of all, you already know you have agitated yes. us. And I would love yes. to do a yes. battle of the sexes on this particular statement at itself. Because I would love to see what the men have to say. You know, but anyway, <laughs> you know, I have sat here for hours or whatever time humoring you through this. And and I tried my best to, to deal with it. Now we part in ways, whatever the case, and then you call me back and you say, you know, I'd like to meet you again. I kindly said to you, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. You paid for my time, my effort, my energy. I didn't have to put set aside time for you, but I chose to do that. Now I'm trying my best. So I wish you would call my number, text me, come by, anything to ask for your money. You have lost your ever-loving mind, and that's probably the nicest thing that I can literally say to you. Brother, please walk on. Please. It's, it's, it's in your best interest to walk on and say that. Read them. Read them. <laughs> Sound like you're going to read them, too. He'll be read. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Well, we got three. Well, I don't even want to know what's coming out of this last one here. Chante, what you got for me? <laughs> this is just putting me in mind of, <laughs> I can't, he was so corny, I can't even remember his name. I'm so mad. I don't remember his name. <laughs> and he took, guess how whack he was. And he took me out. And we, there was like, it was so, oh my goodness. It was like, I need to be getting paid just to sit here. So now <laughs> you drop, like, call me an escort, call me whatever you want to call me, but you need to be paying me because this is just corny. And you now, we, we part ways, and you now calling me. <laughs> By the time I finish laughing at you, you may not even ask another woman out on a date. I don't even think Ooh. I would be able to get to get get to where I would like rag you, especially if it was some someone like that where the date was just like one hundred percent pointless. By the time I finish laughing, you may not even go out on another date anytime soon. It's like the the audacity of you. So you have no no standards, no morals, no type of nothing that you would ask, and then you asking for $30, so that means you couldn't afford to take me out. You couldn't afford it. Now now you need your your $30 back because the $30 you spent on me on this date was your car fare to work. If you don't get off my phone, <laughs> your phone might get cut off after this conversation. That That's what that's saying to me. You might need this to pay your phone bill. You're using your last few minutes you got available on your phone to call me to ask me for this money back. Man, no. And you better hope we don't have the same circles because somebody else won't hear about this because I need to laugh with somebody else. It's just like, who thinks of these things? Who thinks to call and ask for money back? Unfortunately, as a man... You have to understand, and this is why everybody's supposed to be sitting back and allowing Jesus. See, oh, Lady Tamika talking about she happy. That's why she off the market. I'm happy. That's why I understand that. I have to let Jesus pick him because he showed me. I don't know how to pick him. So now to wean out the ones who will call and ask for their thirty dollars back, 
because you took me to Applebee's because that that's where we went for thirty dollars. <laughs> now you, um, I'm serious. We we ain't going anywhere worth going for thirty dollars. So now to avoid meeting guys like this and wasting my time on guys like this, you sit back and let Jesus choose who you're supposed to be going out on a date with because if you do. Even if the date doesn't quite go the way you want it to go, but you let Jesus choose them, you're not going to feel like you wasted your time that much to where you need to ask for your $30 back. I would come up with so many $30 jokes, it would be crazy. You know? <laughs> go do something with your life. Wow. Well, I'm glad I would not be against one of you four. That's all I, that's all I know. Um, you know, clearly when you say, you know, who thinks of these things, two separate men um, actually, you know, were uh, the ones who actually did this. You know, I remember it's quite quite a few years ago now. It's got to be over mm, over 25 years. There, there was a guy who I don't even remember. Him. It must have been on some dating app or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. When we finally decided to meet, the whole time he talked about him. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is too much for me. The whole entire time he talked about him. And he worked for Brooklyn Union Gas um, as one of the techs. And so needless to say, that wasn't very interesting. It wasn't like it was a cop or something or an EMT driver or something. I don't know. Um, but it was just, oh, my, it was just too much. And so I can't even imagine if he would have asked for a second date and I say, well, you know what, no thanks, you know, or however I say it, you know, a little bit, and then he asked for his money back. Um, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking about the four of you, and I'm like, well, Dad, what I would say would be nothing. Um, in compare, I need to take notes. <laughs> I tell him to call me. Tell him to call me and ask for his money back. <laughs> um, but, you know, definitely, you know, being flabbergasted, like you ladies said, for someone to even say, well, you know what, can you, you know what, in all honesty, I honestly believe that I would, I would say, hey, you must be joking. And if you're not, let me tell you the next joke. Click, and that would be the next joke. That would be it. Would we'll be no more talking. We'll be no more. You learning? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even think of anything else. Any just to even entertain you, your stupidity. So you know what? Unfortunately, ladies, you know this is what's out here. You know, or this is a luck of the draw. It's a luck of the draw because I'm going to be honest. I have heard some horror stories from men who were supposedly in the church. So for, for those of us who are waiting for that church man, uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, it, it would be him that, that you're waiting for, you know, somebody who's going to the church. I don't know. They all seem to be real big creeps these days. So I don't know, ladies. Well, thank you so much for indulging me on our socially conscious segment. I was actually looking up some stuff yesterday, and I came across a very interesting topic. 
And these were habits that are destroying your walk with God. I was like, wow, this is really good, really good. And, you know, I would love to hear what you ladies have to say about some of these habits. Um, so they have this habit of laziness. Now, how is this habit of laziness destroying your walk with God, uh, Elder Natisha? I missed the first part. How does what destroy your walk with God? Laziness. They say the habit of laziness mm-hmm. will destroy mm-hmm. your walk with God. Yeah, absolutely. One, there's there's nothing about the character of God that we can identify uh, laziness with throughout the word. From Old Testament to New Testament, we serve a God that is progressive and moving um, through the lives of of his people. Even in creation, right, there was life and, and continual movement. And laziness, laziness signifies death. Right, it is the the void of movement. It is not moving forward in you know uh, with full vigor, uh, with full intensity, with full mind, with full emotion. Um, you know anything. <laughs> you, you know laziness is is so opposite from the character of God, and, and it doesn't allow for us to really fulfill purpose. It doesn't allow for us to experience. Um, the fullness of life that, that God promises us is in the movement, um, in our ability to get up, in our ability to function, to go after things that we experience the fullness and the joys of life. All right. Oh, Lady Tamika, what you got? Laziness. How do you see that as destroying our walk with God? Um, there, there are plenty of things that, you know, um, we're supposed to do, you know, and laziness will keep you from doing so, you know, um, if you listen to, or if you read the word, there are plenty times in the Bible where the, just the word work is necessary, you know, um, and it could come as something as simple as rising early in the morning to pray to pray for your neighborhood, to pray for those that you come in contact with, you know. And, you know, we have work to do, calling a friend, calling a coworker, you know, praying for somebody. Those require you to do work, you know. And when you get to the point, well, I'll get to it later. I'll call him or her later, you know. And we're in a day and age where later um, is not always the best thing. You talk to somebody today and they're gone today. You know, we have assignments and so – when you get into that lazy mindset, oh, I'll get to it later, I'll do this later, or, you know, uh, I don't feel like doing it now, <clears throat> you miss out on some of the opportunities that the Lord is, um, uh, that has designed for you to do. And, you know, the, the God that we serve, he's always covering himself. So if you don't do it, somebody else will. And you miss out on all, uh, all the, the different opportunities that God has out there for you. All right, all right, Shanti. Laziness. Yes. It helps to put me in the mind of, like, even last night, I was like, God, I don't know what's, you know, going on as far as, not necessarily anything bad, just 
you know, different um, feelings that I'm having. And, you know, we've been blessed to um, have so much to do, you know, so many obligations and responsibilities in regards to um, spreading God's word and what he's blessing me to be able to do and speaking to people and, you know, my quote-unquote set regimen, I haven't really been able to stay on as far as, like, sleep like a normal human being during normal normal human being hours and, um, you know, get up real early and read and study and then go throughout my day and then possibly read and study at night, go to bed, do it all over again. So there are times where I'm noticing God will have me up, whether it's 3 in the morning, um, 5 in the morning, and I may just be in here singing or I may be tired, but I feel such an urge to open the Bible and read and study and just stay out, talk to God or formally pray. And if I stay within this laziness um, mentality, even if it's just because I'm just legitimately, you know, physically tired, you know, that's now telling God the opportunities that you're giving me to spend with you. Well, no, it's not on this quote-unquote set regimen I would like to have. But because you understand everything you've given me to do, you're now also sparking these moments where I can do whatever with and for you. But if my laziness says procrastination, then now I'm not doing anything. And now I don't know ultimately how that's not only affecting me, but affecting the people you are sending me to serve. Because if I, if you need me to pray, but I'm not praying, but then after that, you're telling me to pray because you need me to go speak to someone, well, I'm going to need your strength in order to speak to them. Now, I'm not going to be as effective in this conversation or in this ministering that, you know, on the level that you need me to be. So we really have to make sure we're being careful with, um, you know, our laziness and procrastination because we don't know how that's going to hinder what God needs us to do, not only for ourselves, but for other people. All right, all right. Pastor Tim, do you feel laziness can destroy your walk with God? Absolutely, absolutely. The Bible says you did run well, but what did hinder you? So when you have things that are hindering you and making you lazy about the things of God, that sounds like a, a sign of being like in a backslidden state, you know, because if you started off running on 10 and now you find yourself running on five, you know, something, you know, Satan desires to sift us as wheat and that's what he does. And when we find ourselves becoming lazy, you know, saying, you know what, well, this Sunday, you know what, I, I didn't work all week. You know, um, I, I, I need to at least have me a day for myself. I'm not going to Sabbath or I'm not going to church, you know, on Sunday morning because, um, you know, I love God. God know my heart. Now you're justifying your actions. Now you're making excuses excuses for why you um, are becoming lazy when it comes to the things of God. You know, God is consistent. He's faithful. He continues to extend his grace and mercy and love and kindness towards us daily. But here we are, you know, God has been good to us, but we want to get lazy on him. You know, um, when we get to church, you know, I hope they don't ask me to do nothing, you know, because I really, in your spirit, you know, you're saying this. I mean, we're just going to be 
be real. I hope they don't call on me to do such and such and such because that lazy spirit is, you know, making you, telling you, you need to just rest this Sunday. You don't want to, you don't have to do nothing every single Sunday. See, this is how the enemy get in our mind and get in our thoughts, you know, and begin to just, you know, make us justify and try to compromise when it comes down to the things of God, which basically boils down to us just getting lazy or getting lax in our Christian walk. And we, we got to stay on 10. We got to stay on 10 because God is constantly on 10 and we lose what we don't use. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience because this is something that I was feeling myself like, wow, you know, um, because I'm used to being um, active and pastoring every week and now with us being associate pastors and not really being able to uh, go forward <clears throat> with our normal routine. Um, and doing things, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to get lazy on you. I want to be where I can continue to do the things that you're calling me to do. So um, you you really just have to be confident and mindful um, and, and be careful and watch the enemy and his devices because he really does the desire to sift us as wheat so that we will get lazy on the things of God. All right, all right. Amen, ladies. Amen. Ah, Lady Tamika, one of the things that they have here, old habits. Ooh, old habits can destroy our walk with God, yay or nay? I would say yay. Um, Not only that, the comfort of doing whatever that thing is um, can get you tied up in, well, this is the way that I normally do it. And it also causes you to get that stubborn mindset where you won't move because this is what I'm used to doing. You know, I, I, I like doing it this way. And, you know, God is trying to come, um, trying to get you to a higher place. But because you're comfortable there, you know, and this is the way that I've been doing it for, you know, such and such years and not wanting to move, that can cause some complexity and keep you stagnant and keep you from moving forward. Alrighty. Shantice, how have those old habits or how can those old habits destroy your walk with God? Man, they will trip you up every time. That's why they're now referred to as old habits because God then came and said, uh, you need to get rid of doing that. You need to stop doing this because they are interfering with you being able to spend time with him, being able to hear him, being able to see him, being able to recognize him. And when you're now reaching back for those old habits, especially after you've officially given your life and been baptized, you're now saying to God, you know, I don't want, even if you don't know exactly what, you know, they are yet, because God doesn't give you everything at once, but I don't want the, the newness that you have for me. I don't want to learn how to be, you know, this better woman that you are telling me you ultimately created me to be. I now want to continue to curse because it just seems like my point gets across so much more when I use these curse words, Jesus. So I'm going to just stick with that because that, that's what helps me to feel like I'm, you know, successful at what I need to say. But now... If this is hindering me being able to minister, 
I can't properly minister if I'm cussing. So do I stick with this old habit, which is disabling me from doing what God needs me to do? Or do I now go to God and say, you know what, okay, so I see why you're telling me to leave that old habit alone. And I know that as long as I see you, you're going to teach me how to communicate with people in ways where I am able to be effective with my words. So we really have to be careful when reaching back for those old habits. All right, all right. Pastor Kim, another item they have on this list is ignorance. How can ignorance destroy your walk with God? Um, it can destroy it greatly, you know, because we can't be ignorant to Satan's devices. And if we fall prey to the devices of the enemy and um, not be um, conscious in our Christian walk of the things that in, the enemy is doing to sift us as wheat, or if we become ignorant to, um, you know, just say, for instance, if we're a single woman and, um, and, and we're trying to um, study celibacy and we're trying to continue to stay celibate, but then we, um, feel like, Oh, okay, well, it's nothing, <clears throat> it's nothing wrong with me. After going on a date, you know, um, after going on a date, you know, he just he just said he just wanted to stop by his house for a minute, you know, because he wanted to grab something. And then we get so ignorant to the fact that the devil did use this little trick, you know, when he tell you, come on in for a second, you know, and just, just sit down for a minute, you know, I'm just going, I'm waiting for my homeboy to call me back. And then the next thing you know, you know, you, you done found yourself in the bedroom somewhere, <laughs> you know. So you, you fell prey and ignorant to Satan's devices instead of telling them, no, nah, I'm going to wait out here in the car, which would have been wisdom, you know. And we just have to always have our spiritual antennas up and, and not um, fall prey to the enemy. We can't be ignorant to the devil's devices because the enemy is slick. He come to kill, steal, and destroy Yeah, you know, I, I had to collect myself because that story Pastor Kim told actually happened to me. <laughs> oh! I'm, I'm guilty. It was, it was me, Pastor Kim. It was me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But it's... But but because you know what we we vow to just be honest and to keep it real. And the truth is, oh, is that we talk we talk to people who are at all stages of their walk with Christ. And I think this conversation is so important that yes, that happened to me in my earliest stages at the beginning of my walk when I thought I had gained some strength and I had not yet comprehended how the devices of the enemy, how he knows the stew that we would eat. He understands what we like. He knows. And I didn't realize that when he said, hey, I wanna, I'm going to grab something real quick, 
that he was really talking about me. I didn't realize that. I, I, I really thought <laughs> that he was going to go grab something real quick. <laughs> and then I found out that he was grabbing oh, something God. real quick. And it just oh, happened God. to be me. <laughs> but oh, the Bible tells us, right, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation and that old things have passed away. And so we have to know that in us trying to walk in the newness of God, being this new creation, that we can't allow ourselves to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. He knows what you like, and he knows how to serve it up the way that you like it. The enemy, he would be non-effective if he simply offered you what you did not like. No, he's going to offer you what he knows is going to tickle your fancy. So you have to put in place those boundaries. You have to be honest with yourself. You can be even, even now. I don't care how strong we are in our faith. There are some things, some tricks that will never happen again, but I also am aware that my, my, my God holds me together, so I will never put too much um, in myself, but I will to- totally and completely rely on the, gra- on the grace of God who sustains us. So, yeah, we can't Amen. be ignorant. We have, we have to keep ourselves at the forefront. Amen, amen. I love the transparency of this group. Oh, my goodness. Comparison. Woo-wee. Is that not a killer in our walk, Shanti? Comparison? Absolutely. Because, yes, we all have the same end goal. Everyone wants to make it into the kingdom. Everyone wants to, you know, hear God say, well done, that good and faithful servant. But my process, the process God has for me, is not the process God has for you. You know, the journey he has put you on is not the journey he has put me on. He may need me to endure some things a lot longer, you know, because of the type of person that I am or that I refuse to be because I've allowed laziness and ignorance to interfere with my walk. But if I'm sitting here and I'm looking at, and it's funny because, um, you know, I said to someone yesterday, I said, wow, this is crazy. Like, you know, I'm officially like in the church world. Like, this is bugged. Like, I would have never thought I would be like genuinely in this world like this and enjoying it. And as I'm getting, you know, closer to God and, you know, stepping further into, you know, the church arena and, and the Christian arena, I'm coming across, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians my age or younger, and especially the younger ones, they're like already ordained pastors or ordained ministers. And at one point I was like, well, dad, God, I'm not ordained. So, and it was like, eh, 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 eh. don't even finish the statement. Because I understand what God is doing with me a lot of the times. When I sit here and want to act like I really don't know. If I sit two minutes in silence with God, he's showing me why and where he has me. And he's showing me how effective he's teaching me to be for myself and for others. And if I sit here with this whole, oh, so-and-so is this age and... You know, they, they have this ministry and they've been in the ministry this long or that. 
okay, but what does that now have to say with everything God has given me? So, you know, sitting here and trying to compare. And at the same time, again, like anything else in life, you don't know what these people are doing. You don't know if they're self-appointed. You don't know um, how obedient they truly are and what God like. So while you're sitting here trying to compare yourself to someone else, you could be trying to compare yourself to, to someone's um, disobedience or, or, you know, downfall or something. Instead of you just focusing on what God has you doing. You know, so that will kill you every time. Nothing good, very, 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 very rarely does anything good come out of you looking over at someone else and saying, hey, they're doing that because that's just weak discontentment. All right, all right. Pastor Kim, the comparison factor. How does that kill our walk with God? Well, we got to work out our own salvation. You can't compare your walk or uh, where you are and God with where somebody else is because God is going to judge us all accordingly, you know, to what we did or the way that we acted or the places that we went. You know, you, you can't compare yourself with uh with you and Sister Cornbread, you know, because at the end of the day, you don't know what she's doing. You know, you might, you know, and that's why it's bad to, you know, say, oh, I want to be, I want to be like this and that person. You don't really know what nobody is doing. That's why you got to get this thing and you got to do it for yourself. Don't, don't be like somebody else. Don't compare yourself to them. If you want to be in comparison to somebody or, or if there's somebody that you want to be like, let it be God. Be an imitator of him, mm-hmm. you know. But um, trying to be like somebody else and trying to imitate they walk or trying to imitate they dance and they shout, get your own shout. Get your own walk with God, you know. And <laughs> And, and get this thing for yourself and walk it out, you know. Um, it, it's, it's just good to be authentic. It's good to be authentic and not try to, you know, keep up with the Joneses or, or try to be somebody else or because you don't know what somebody else is going through or what they had to go through to get what they got or what they might even be in trying to keep what they have. So just do you. All right, all right. Uh, Lady Tamika, I'm going to give you discouragement. How does discouragement affect our walk with God? Well, discouragement keeps you from feeling even motivated to do anything, you know, um, trying to, you know, get to a better place, you know, you don't even have a desire, a will um, to make any motions, you know, whatever happens, eh, whatever, because you, you're not even hopeful that there'll be anything for your tomorrow. It's just, well, I'm, I'm up, you know, I, I've heard people say, you know, you'll say, good morning, what's so good about it? Wait a minute, it's just 8 o'clock in the morning, it's just 8.30. How is it that at this time of the day, you're in doom and gloom and disaster. You know, this is one of the things that this broadcast is about, you know, to give you an upper, uh, a, a better disposition. You don't have any drive. You don't have any motivation. It's just, oh, I'm here. You know, and I've seen people, good morning. Hey, how you doing? I, I'm here. Okay. As opposed to being dead, 
you know, I, I, I often wonder about, you know, your, your response. I'm here. Where else would you rather be? You know, okay, fine, you're in bed, and then what? You know, what happens? How, how, much, how many hours can you sleep in a day? You know, I, I have a coworker of mine who, you know, that literally is her motive every day. Uh, I'm here, you know, and where else would you rather be? You know, I just, I, I just discourage all the way around. There's no, um, even down to just something as simple as your normal everyday laughter. You know, there's no thrive. There's no drive. It's just plain, just black. Mm, all right. All right. And Elder Night Tisha. How are we wrapping this up this morning with discouragement in corrupting our walk with God, possibly destroying it? Absolutely has the ability to destroy it. Discouragement is actually a lie that is, that is, um, is truth that is deceived. It's a lie that is deceived as truth. Um, it comes to really steal motivation. It comes to stop you from actually seeing the beauty that's all around you. It also stops you from really understanding what God has called you to, what God's plans are for your life. The Word of God says that I know the plans that I have for you, plans that are good, evil, to take you to an expected end, to prosper you. Like That is the plan that God has for you. And when you are discouraged, the truth is that you're looking at the situations all around you. You're looking at the state of this world. You're looking at your failed expectations. You're looking at how people have failed you. You may be focusing on what you thought you should have in life and you have not yet gotten to that place. And so it leads you to this place of like really darkness and discouragement where it's hard for you to actually see the truth. And the truth is this. If you make it through this season, if you make it over this mountain, if you bust through this wall, if you shatter the glass ceiling, there is so much joy and beauty on the other side. But the journey is breaking through discouragement, breaking through the wall, breaking through the mountain to getting to the other side and experiencing the fullness of God. And our encouragement today to anyone listening is bust through, break through, shatter the glass ceiling. Bust through all of it, laziness, ignorance, uh, just all of it. Bust through it so that you can get to the other side because there is beauty on the other side. There is fulfillment on the other side. Bust through comparison. There's something great that God has specifically for you that's waiting for you on the other side. Amen, ladies. Amen. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, giving God thanks that you were on with us. Couldn't do it without you. And I pray that you have a blessed day. You Thank too. you so much. Have a great Thank day, you. everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Get these mics all turned off. Giving God thanks for our ladies and all that they bring to the table every single week. Talk about shattering the ceiling, bursting through the ceiling. Such a pick-me-up in the middle of the week. Let me uh, take this opportunity to go before the Lord before I 
I begin wanting to say that we're keeping Pastor Charlotte in prayer as she's recovering from, um, you know, medical illness, uh, her illness. And, you know, normally we would be having our faith over fear um, segment, but we've been missing that for a few weeks and definitely missing her, her contribution, her voice, her energy, and her ministry. So please keep her lifting in prayer and, you know, giving God thanks for our ladies. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. You have been an awesome God, and you stay awesome. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just inviting us into your day. You know, Lady Tamika said there are people who say, I'm here, and, you know, in the morning. That's the first thing you need in the morning. But we're so grateful to you, God, because you have given us its due time with Pastor Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for us having this opportunity to just wake up and just being able to eat from your table each and every morning. That who would think that two hours would be so power-packed that it could take us through the rest of the day. Thank you for your daily contribution into our lives. Thank you, God, for the investment you make into us each and every day. Thank you, God, for preparing the due time crew to be able to feed your people, God. Thank you for them standing and being ready to be in that gap for everyone that you have coming to the table every day, that they are selflessly, selfishly, selflessly operating, that they get up with the goal to serve you. They get up with the goal to show their love for you by feeding your people, by tending your sheep by loving in this manner. Thank you, God. Thank you that the jobs have, you know, have not started or you put off some of the things that someone could be doing so that they could actually be a part, whether the messenger or the recipient. I thank you, God. I thank you for surrounding me with such rich, rich ministry that each and every day they're ministering to me as the captain of this ship, that they fuel me. Thank you, Father. Thank you for just loving us in a way that only you can love us. Oh, just the words that we heard just today, even when we just talk about the news, just the everyday occurrence, of people, God, but but yet you have us. You have given us the wisdom and the knowledge to just be just be able to filter in such a godly view in everyday things, and it just comes so natural. And I thank you because the only way that could happen is if we stayed before you. It just doesn't happen on its own. 
but it's the result of our relationship with you that we could actually just have regular conversation that you just shine through, even if we don't say God, Jesus, Lord, Redeemer, Savior. But people can hear you in just an everyday conversation. Thank you for just the the sisterhood and the brotherhood and just the commonality that we share. Thank you, God, for the transparency. Thank you for for, for for just having us just being able to raise our hand and say, that was me, that is me. Boy, just two seconds ago, that was me. And I got to stay near to you so that it will no longer be me. Ooh, thank you. Thank you for that realization. Because so many people think that as long as they walk on their own, they'll make it. But we are here to the moment we step away, the moment we become comfortable, the more that we uh, begin to turn our attention away from you, we lose it. We lose it because only staying near you, only being connected to you, only staying connected to that lifeline is the way we stay lit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the jobs that are just put on the side, that they don't start till afterwards. That even when the time comes where the, where, the, where the jobs have to take precedence, you just continue to feed us over and over and over again. God, we lift up Pastor Charlotte before you, God. Giving you thanks for her life. Giving you thanks that she's recovering. Giving you thanks, God, that you know, we have her in our camp, and we can't wait till you send her back to us, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for just, just again, just loving us. See, only you could do us like this. Mm-hmm. Only you could just, just put your finger on us, and we could be motivated. We're like the Energizer Bunny, that we can just laugh. There's a camaraderie that we can just laugh at you, that we are showing people that just because we are connected to you, just because you are the head of our life, it doesn't make us stale. It doesn't make us old. It doesn't make us boring. But we have an excitement just having that connection with you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you, God. And we are just grateful that you just continue to send people our way so that we can keep, we can keep close to you by feeding them. There's that connection. Thank you for the iron that sharpens iron each and every day. That we don't have to look far. We don't have to look far. That all we have to do is stay connected to you. And we will never lose that flavor, that ministry, that love, that focus. We're giving you the glory and the honor so rightly do you today. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hmm. You know, as I was listening to the ladies speak in regards to, 
you know, the things that can, you know, destroy our walk with God. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this laziness thing, and I was thinking about, you know, all the things that the lady said regarding laziness, and I thought about increase. And, you know, we... We cannot go forward as God is tightening the ministry, stretching the ministry before us, in us, through us, with the same energy, mindset, activities, habits that we had yesterday. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. And we try to figure out why we become lazy. Well, one of the reasons why we become lazy is because we actually understand that God is giving us increase, but we're trying to handle the same, you know, handle the increase with the same. And we can't do it. We can't do it. And it will make you lazy. It will naturally make you lazy because you become overwhelmed. So I'm encouraging you today because I I had to get that from God. You know, God, all last year, you know, God kept saying increase, 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 and he did it. He did it, and I was trying to figure out, well, okay, I was, like, exhausted. And at times I became lazy, like Pastor Kim described, you know. And, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. I can't talk. I can't function. And for me, you know, the physical side of it plays a big part. So I've had to go before the Lord and ask him to help me temper my day, help me plan my day. As a matter of fact, God, I'm putting the, the, the day in your hands. You tell me how long I nap. You tell me how long I, or what meals to prepare because if I want this elaborate meal, I can't have a long day ahead of me and I'm standing up in the kitchen trying to prepare a long meal. Or I need to go to the store for the meal on Monday and then I'm planning on eating that meal on Monday night. Now that don't work over here. I'm just letting you know that. No, if I shop on Monday, we're eating that on Tuesday, possibly Wednesday. Because <laughs> I just don't have it in me. So you have really understand that that laziness can come from many different things. And one of the things it can come from is the increase, you know, or that desire. You know, when God gives you the increase, it also has to be partnered with the desire to do more. You know, you get the increase and then you're sitting over there looking at to do more like, mm, that's all right. I don't want to do that. Then that's not working in tandem with the Lord. That's not accepting the increase that he's giving you. That's not being grateful because we always ask God in more ways than one to expand our territory. And while I'm on the subject really quickly, I just want you to know that as of today, we have reached 104, 2041 listens. Our little old due time crew. You know, I've been on, and that's since the broadcast started in the latter part, or uh, the middle of 2016, 104,000 plus. Now, 
for a group of people who are getting up out of their bed in the morning, or a group of people who are, you know, sometimes there, there was times when when uh, uh, Minister AJ was in Walmart uh, ministering, and he had to get his day started earlier. Um, you know, Pastor Kim, I remember her dropping off the kids to school and 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 multitasking. Um, Elder and I teach is traveling all over the place, and who knows where she'd be, you know, from one week to the next. And Lady Tamika is, you know, she's ducking and dodging the phone calls. And, man, everybody, you know, Pastor KL is prepping early in the morning. And remember, for Pastor KL, Pastor Ed, Dwayne, they were all on Central time, so while we were at our seven, they were at their six, but yet they were on. All of that contribution fed this 104,000 listeners. Giving God thanks for every that has been given to this ministry because that's why you have to watch out for the laziness because, see, as you minister in this arena, God is increasing your territory. And I promise you that everybody's territory has been increased pretty much. You know, Pastor Kim and Elder Nitisha, they both have, they both have, uh, Pastor Kim has Saturday morning prayer. Please go on her um, Facebook page, Kim Brooks, Elder Nitisha. Nitisha Moore, she has her prayer every Wednesday morning at about 6.15, 6.20, and uh, Pastor Kim has hers at 9 a.m. So these ladies have jobs, they have marriages, they have family, grandchildren, children, they might be grown, but still children. You know, everybody is doing something that they're adding and, and blessing the kingdom. And just being a small part you know, which is a big part of this ministry. You know, they're on once a week, but look at how magnified this broadcast, you know, becomes from one day's contribution. And look at how God is blessing their territory and expanding it. We have no time to be lazy. We have no time because God needs to use us. And even out, we say I'm at like 75%, probably a little less, but even at my low 75% or whatever God has, he still needs to use me. So no matter where you are, stop telling people, you know, well, I can't help nobody until I help myself. That's a lie. That's a lie. You can be more beneficial if you do right by God. But God can use you. In any state you're in, but you make sure you want to be the best. That's what you aim for. But stop telling us that you can't be used at all until you're at your best, because that is the enemy telling you a big fat lie. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth, because they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, it changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. 
Please do not miss this opportunity to give your Christ your life to Christ right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to just strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any one of us. Also, let me just plug my girl Shantice Brand who gives her switch tips. So make sure you go to her uh, Facebook page and her Instagram page as well. Uh, until tomorrow, God spares, where it's therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.